This old-time radio program was originally aired live, long before the advent of high fidelity. As a result, you may detect an occasional surface noise or volume drop due to transmission problems so common to old radio. We hope, however, that any variance in audio quality will not take away from your pleasure in listening to this, one of the all-time favorite shows. Just not getting those keys right. I got. I got to do it again. Here we go. There we go. Eight fifteen, three fifteen, ten twelve. from downtown Transylvania and welcome to the Jack-O-Lantern Press podcast where we discuss monsters and Halloween. My name is Michael Piccarella and my name's Tom Piccarella. Tonight's episode, Sounds of Halloween. We're here at the Phantom Recording Studio on Phantom Boulevard listening in on the Phantom of the Opera as he's laying down a track from a new album. Of course, the main part of that audio that you just heard is from a cassette tape Tom and I had as kids called A Night in a Haunted House, A Night in a Graveyard from the Haunted Sounds Music Company in 1992. That track was called The Mad Organist. Well, tonight we're going to dig into our collection of records, tapes, and recordings for Halloween. Sound effects records, songs and soundtracks that we listen to as kids, and we'll list and play samples of our favorites that, to this night, still help us bring in the Halloween season. But first, we wanted to mention our good friends over at Nightmare365. If you haven't checked out Nightmare365.com or their podcast and YouTube channel, on all things that are weird, eerie, and strange, then you've got to do it. Um, they've also got a really cool shop that that's somewhat recent on their website, and they've got t-shirts, hoodies, stickers. In fact, I have one of the stickers on my car, and i got to say they're pretty awesome. I think they're awesome, too. I have one on my laptop. I have a shirt uh, that they sent us, and uh, I love the heck out of it. As a matter of fact, I wore the shirt the other day when I was into Michael's, and uh, looking at all the Halloween stuff there, and people were asking about it. So if you haven't checked it out, go check out Nightmare365.com and definitely uh, go on either iTunes or I think he has it all over the place. Uh, Go check out his podcast because it's fantastic. Him and his brother, um, what is it, Matt and Greg, they they do a fantastic job. So check them out. Yeah, good, good fun stuff. In other news, our book, Transylvania Traveler, which you can get at jackolanternpress.com. Or if you're in Moscow, Idaho, you can find Tom on uh, Saturdays at the local farmer's market. Um, And so what I wanted to bring up was the fact that last Saturday, Tom, you had another successful book event. Um, So I wanted to see, you know, what you had to report back on from that. Yeah. 
Yeah, so um, got there early in the morning again, and uh, just for everybody's information, if you're local to Moscow, um, Moscow, Idaho, uh, it starts at 8 o'clock, goes till 1. Um, got there early, and immediately within 15 minutes, there was people uh, taking pictures of the poster, which uh, if everybody doesn't know, the poster is is, is the, uh, the, the cover of the book, um, and people love it. They come up, and they love that cover. Uh, they start looking through the um, all the stuff, and and they they love it. They start reading all kinds of stuff, and uh, it's great. So um, definitely uh, had a, a bunch of neat things happen. Uh, I had got interviewed by the local radio station. I can't remember what the name of it was, but it's a news radio station. And then um, also had a, a woman come that had a, a magazine, a local magazine. It was a Harvester magazine that she wanted to interview me on. Um, I told her that both, obviously, you and I wanted to be on that interview. And then uh, we also potentially have a, uh, a chance to um, be in one of the local bookstores called Book People. So haven't really gotten that yet, but... I'm hoping that we could get uh, into the local bookstore there. So other than that, we had some good sales, had a lot of people come by. I actually saw a guy uh, walking down the uh, the road there where all the vendors were, and I, I couldn't signal him because he was kind of off to the side, but he had a Frankenstein meets the Wolfman shirt on. Oh, wow. And I was stoked. Yeah, I, I should have ran up to him and asked him where he got it. But I, I, I was like so shocked and there were so many people that I didn't want to embarrass the guy, but he had it on and I I, I should have flagged him down, but I didn't, unfortunately. And he didn't stop by Other the booth? That, it was good. No, he didn't he didn't even look over at the booth. He, oh wow. He basically just he just went he just walked by and uh I was talking to somebody and I noticed it, so that's why I couldn't like go really go flag him down, but I should have. Well, for those of you that are in the Moscow, Idaho area, uh, you will be back again next weekend. Uh, not not uh, not this weekend. Um, it's Labor Day weekend. We're actually going on vacation. Um, oh, that's but, right. But uh, the following weekend, we we will be back uh, selling books again. So we oh this this time around, we also put out some candy for the kids. Oh, and, cool! Uh, they were oh, you loving did it. Do that. They nice. were, yeah, they were running up. We got some saltwater taffy that was like the orange cream ones, and everyone was loving those, so we had a good time with it. Nice. Well, if you're not in Moscow, Idaho, then make sure you head over to jacklanternpress.com to get that book. Again, that's jacklanternpress.com. Um, we've had a few bugs. And also, was... oh, wait, go real, ahead. real quick, yeah. Oh, you were going to say it. I, yeah, I was, I was going to say, yeah, say we've we, had a few we fixed... bugs. Oh, you know, over the last week. So anyone who was going to the website, uh, you might have noticed it not working. But I think we got everything up and running. Should be good. And actually, Robert did a a fantastic job on that website. Um, that was done by my nephew, uh, Mike's son. Uh, he did a great job. There's a lot of neat little little things that he kind of put on there. And also, you can get in touch with us if you go down to the bottom right and click on. Uh, the little three little ellipses there. You can click in there, ask us any questions, and uh, and we can answer those questions for you. Also, if you scroll all the way down, if you're on a computer, and you scroll all the way down, you could also email us. 
um, and also go to our social media pages and, you know, send us a message or anything that you guys want to do. Uh, the email is, is of course, jackolanternpress at gmail.com. Once again, that's jackolanternpress at gmail.com. Cool. So, uh, are you ready to dive into the world of Halloween sound? Yep, I certainly am. All right. Well, uh, I think you, there was something that you wanted to say about sound in general. So if you want to just take it away. Well, okay, so I was looking stuff up, and obviously the way that you and I always get when we look stuff up and we start, you know, digging the into the hole of research on whatever topics we're going to be talking about, of course, we, at 3 o'clock, you know, this morning, I, I was thinking about other things to talk about, and I went on Wikipedia, and I looked up a sound effect, and I wanted to read it just to get a general idea of sound effects in general, it's a big deal, and of course you you would would appreciate it probably the most because you make a lot of of sound effects even for our show um, for this podcast, which I think is really goes to saying it 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 gives a little variety I think to our podcast. It definitely does a lot of stuff to movies and video games. So I wanted to read this real quick. Uh, it says, A sound effect, or audio effect, is an artificially created or enhanced sound or sound process used to emphasize artistic or other content of films, television shows, live performance, animation, video games, music, and other media. In motion picture and television production, a sound effect is a, is a sound recorded and presented to make a specific storytelling or creative point without the use of dialogue or music. The term often refers to a process applied to a recording without necessarily referring to the recording itself. In professional motion picture and television production, dialogue, music, and sound effects recordings are treated as separate elements. And so I just wanted to share that just because what I liked about that that little saying there was that they were saying that it's it's something you do to make a specific thing in a story. Like if you're telling a story or you're trying to make a creative point. And, and I think that that means a lot, a lot to me anyways just because... When we're doing things, even like in this podcast, and we want to make a, you know a point of where we are, for instance, like last podcast we were at Shadow City, you know when we were at in the dungeons, you know we had dungeon sounds in Shadow City, we had zombies, and we put those sound effects in the background, kind of like we're gonna do right now, where you hear that monster over there, and he's just hanging out over there, and uh, we just threw that sound effect in, and that's what makes it neat. There's another another sound, like I can make this this girl over here scream. Don't you dare touch me! Stand back! No! No! Really loud, you hear her? No! And, and that's the best part about making sound effects, is you can change your whole environment. We can sound like we're, we're sitting in a haunted house right now. Or we can sound like we're 
we're somewhere else, like on on the moon or something. We copy you down, Eagle. Houston, uh, the Eagle has landed. And uh, and I think that that is is significant when you're you know trying to get listeners to listen to something. It tells a story. It puts you in that in that environment, and I think it's neat. I don't know what well, do you think about that. Well, not only that. Not only that, I could pick up this glass right here and throw it at your face. Yeah. I can strike back with this. Well, sounds can definitely make you shake and shiver, and they can definitely set the mood. But if you've read our book, Transylvania Traveler, which again, you can get at jacklanternpress.com, then you know that here in downtown Transylvania is where so many sounds for Halloween are recorded. Here in this studio where we are right now, at the beginning of the show, you heard the Phantom of the Opera recording one of his one of his uh, new tracks. But while this district is led by none other than the Bride of Frankenstein, the Phantom of the Opera spends an unguly amount of time in this place recording records. So Tom, do you want to read the excerpt from our book about the Phantom of the Opera and his work? Yeah, am, am I going to read the whole thing or do you want to just switch off paragraphs? Just read the whole thing if you want. I don't know. Do you want to switch off? Yeah, let's switch off. So you read the first okay. one. I'll read the second. You read the third. I'll read the fourth. That sounds good to me. Okay, so here we go. This is from the book about the Phantom of the Opera. According to Chillboard Magazine, one of his more recent works, Straight Out of the Opera House, was the best album the Phantom ever put out. Even the mad organist from Disneyland's Haunted Mansion said in a jack-o'-lantern radio interview that it was haunting and compared it to Goblin's film score for Suspiria, but with an unhealthy dose of pumping pipe organ. It's mega. It's totally phantom. It's what his fans have been waiting for, organist told reporters upon the album's release. It's definitely a dope record. Those who take the studio tour will get to see the actual organ phantom used to create the fat pipe organ wind you hear on most of the tracks. If you visit, you might get the chance to see the phantom at work on some new stuff. The creative processes are flowing, phantom said one day as he was heading inside to record. I've been playing around with a hybrid of organ, of opera organ, classic organ, secular organ, and just plain bloody organ organ. I'm thinking of adding some carnival organ into the mix, which would be off the chain. So anyway, so yeah, that's the little section from our book. But uh, yeah, so tonight we're, we're uh, able to share with you all of the Phantom's moldy hits, um, but we're just not going to do that. So let's talk about Halloween sounds we do love. Um, and so in my research tonight, uh, or for tonight, I found this pretty cool article by Eric Grundhauser on atlasobscura.com from October 18th, 2017. And he wrote that spooky sound effects haven't changed much, much since we first began rattling chains and crunching leaves. For his article, Grundhauser interviewed Lee Haggerwood, a professional media composer and musician. Um, this is the guy that created 2008's popular Halloween horror, scary sounds, and music, among many others. 
Anyway, so Haggerwood said in this article, Halloween sounds are timeless, I think. An old Disney Halloween album is still as popular as ever, and although the market has been saturated in recent years, the sounds themselves do not go out of fashion as far as I can tell. Um, in Grunhauser's article, he also writes that the history of modern sound effects can be traced back to live radio plays of the 1920s. Live sound effects creators would stand in the studio breaking light bulbs, clapping wooden boards together, and shaking panes of sheet metal to recreate the sounds of, say, breaking windows, slamming doors, and growling thunder. Jumping ahead to the late 1950s, Grunhauser writes, Vinyl records allowed people to bring albums of sound effects home. Novelty records by the likes of Spike Jones, featuring funny monster songs and spooky stories set to eerie effects, became popular. In the article, Grunhauser asked, What does the creation of a Halloween sounds album even look like in the 21st century? Surprisingly, he wrote, Not that different than it would have in the 1920s. So he lists a bunch of of staples that you would find in a Halloween sound effects album. Um, and these are ones that they just show up in all, all the albums, you know, many of the ones that we're going to talk about tonight. Any ideas, Tom, uh, you know, what kinds of things are, are these staples that he's talking about? Uh, I, I can, I can name a few. You probably have cats meowing. You got dogs barking. You probably have wind you know, doing the windstorm. I I would say uh, this might be wrong, but I was thinking uh, probably something to do with a UFO or a Martian of some sort, like some huh. space thing. That um, actually was not listed here. Oh, he had, it wasn't in there. Oh, I mean, but you're right though. There, a lot of times there are some kind of like alien sounds. But he had moaning ghosts, barking dogs, clattering chains, screaming victims. Um, then you've got snarls, bangs, sounds of monsters, birds, menacing footsteps, dripping water, growling, of course, meowing cats, like you said, creaking doors and floorboards. Um, but yeah, those are the things that kind of do um, show up in these things. Um, but in the article, he also wrote that Lee Haggerwood, that's the guy who uh, did the Halloween horror, scary sounds and music, um, when recording his sounds, he picks specific sounds to fit the theme of a vignette he's working on, from cemeteries to torture chambers. So, for example, he said, a cemetery would utilize the sounds of crickets, owls hooting, and gentle wind as a background. And then I would use gravestone sliding sounds, zombie moans and shrieks, and footsteps to bring the scenario to life. In the past, he added, I've borrowed chains from my father's shed, I've hired actresses to spend the afternoon crying and screaming in my studio. I've walked through forests recording my own footsteps on leaves. And then he goes on and talks about um, other ways that he's created sounds. But I think you and I have both kind of done this over the years. We've kind of created our own our own sounds. I mean, I don't know. What, what do you play on your haunted houses? Do you create sounds or do you just play one thing? How yeah, do you do no. it? No, I, I put multiple sounds the same way you do it, like with the, the birds and stuff like that. So one year, we did a kind of a carnival theme, and I had clowns all over the place. That was the year, um, was that two years ago? I, th I think it was two yeah, it was years two, ago when yeah, the It came out. Yeah, 2017, yeah. Yep, when, when It was in the theaters, and I started putting sound effects from that movie 
Then I had uh, the whole music of like a carnival going on all over the place. I had uh, the clown. Um, let's see, what did I do? I think I had his voice. And then I also had a couple of other voices in the trees uh, all over the place. So I had my tape recorder. Then I had I had my phone playing something else. And then I had the main music. Um, but I do that every year. Even when I did my zombie house, I had an emergency broadcast going that was coming out of a, a truck that I had smashed into a tree. Um, upstairs, I had zombies attacking so you can hear them they were like ripping ripping this guy apart and then where did you get the where'd you get the radio announcement thing i just found it on youtube and so i just kept replaying it over and over and over again and then i had the atmosphere effects that we've talked about in past episodes with zombies like up against a, a cloth and they were you know doing the moaning and stuff like that so that was playing and and people are always so, so shocked. They're like, man, you got all this sound. I mean, it, everything sounds so real. And, and that's because if you don't put tons of sounds, your atmosphere sucks. And that's what this episode's all about is you got to put tons of sounds. You can't just play one soundtrack and expect it to make the atmosphere. You got to, you got to put a, a ton of sounds out. I mean, explain your, your, your house when you do your stuff. So, yeah. So, that same year, because it came out, we both had the same idea to do a clown house. That was 2017. And um, so, yeah, I like to play sound. So I, I have this long walkway. It kind of goes up the driveway and then you go through a gate and you go down this walkway um, up to the front door. And so I have good opportunities to play sounds at different parts. So it's not like all the sounds are playing over each other. You hear the sound as you walk past it, kind of like in a Disneyland dark ride, you know, some kind of attraction where you're, you're going through an environment and you hear the sounds that you're going, you know, that, that reflect the scenes that you're seeing as you go by. So, uh, my son, Robert and I, we did a clown house with a sideshow alley and it started at the street and went all the way up the driveway and down this walkway. So the the first track that you could hear, well, first off, there was there was kind of like a far background track that we used that you kind of could hear from almost everywhere. Um, and I want to play it here. It's called Hexathon, and it's from 2003's Twisted Circus of Horror Sounds by Dr. Good Sound. And this is a really cool track, so I'm going to play a little bit, a little bit of it here. So yeah, so I had that in the far background, and then as you kind of came into the gate, um, Robert made um, a, a cool little recording. Well, we we had like you could see underneath these bushes, it looked like there was a sewer down there, and we had like a green light under there, 
um, so that it looked like there was a sewer and Robert made like a little paper boat like in the movie that was floating down toward the sewer and then he recorded a little a little track that we played out of the sewer um, that he pulled from sounds um, from the movie so here here is that little track right here And then um, as you went went uh, further down the walkway, we had Sideshow Alley, which we had all kinds of, of little carnival posters and sideshow posters were like half man, half wolf. And in one of the windows, you know, we had this big half man, half wolf poster. And in the windows, we had um, one of those atmosphere projections of the werewolf. You know, a guy walks in, you see his silhouette, he turns into a werewolf. We had this werewolf sound playing. Then you walk down further along the fence. There's all these sideshow alley posters. And then you come up to um, this other sideshow, which was the living dummy. And it was a, a, a Charlie McCarthy ventriloquist doll that I have, which everyone thinks is slappy from Goosebumps. And uh, he's in the window and there's all kinds of, uh, you know, flashing lights in there. And I made a soundtrack with a barker and it had um, some carnival circus music playing in the background and then a laughing dummy sound, although it was a clown sound. And what, what I used was... It's called Scary Clown Laughing from Flower Pot Press's Spooky Sounds album. And then the music I used was called Smiles from an album called Circus Calliope by Wurlitzer Caliola, 1928. Really cool little circus music. And then I actually recorded myself as the Barker, so I'm going to play that right now. Holy, holy, step right up and see the living dummy. That's right, folks, the living dummy. He's here, he's real, he's alive. Hold your children tight if you want them to survive. Everybody goes for a child's admission price. You can go once, you won't be able to go twice. You snooze, you lose. It's the living dummy. That's right, folks, of all the sideshows tonight, this one's packing the biggest fight. You'll be shocked. You'll be amazed. You'll see him move. You'll see him crazed. Look at his knife. He'll make you scream. As he goes for your life, you'll wish it were a dream. So come one, come all. Give us all your money. Don't wait. Don't stall. See the living dummy. <laughs> So yeah, as you walk down, you kind of were submerged into this this environment. Um, so it's pretty cool, and I try and do something a little different each year. Um, but before we we did any of that, you and I used to just play tapes, and I think we kind of I think one of the first tapes that we got was was a radio show, um, and it definitely became one of our favorite radio shows. And I think Tom, you wanted to talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, so that radio show, well, it may not be this one that we first we first listened to because I think the ones we first listened to were The Shadow with Dad. Um, oh, yeah, I think you're right. 
radio ones. But as we kept uh, listening to these these neat radio shows, um, we came across one called Inner Sanctum. Good evening, Creep. Tonight, your mystery playhouse presents Inner Sanctum. They're usually about 24 minutes long. Um, they made a ton of episodes. Uh, I think when I was looking stuff up, the total list of episodes uh, was 511 episodes. You can go on podcasts right now, or you could actually type in Old Time Radio or type Inner Sanctum in, and uh, you will hear uh, a bunch of the, the episodes that they have. But... Um, the home station, the network, was called Blue Network. It was hosted by uh, Raymond Edward Johnson and Paul McGrath. Um, the announcer was Ed Hurlhe. Not sure if Hurley, that's right. yeah. Ed Hurley. Yeah, and it was created, directed, and produced by a, uh, a Hyman Brown. Um, it was originally released on January 7th of 1941 and went to October 5th of 1952. I don't know. I mean, it, it in uh, in the Wikipedia article, it, it said Inner Sanctum Mystery, also known as Inner Sanctum, a popular old-time radio program that aired from, I already said, January 17th, 1941 to October 5th, 1952, was created by producer Hyman Brown and was based on the imprint given to the mystery novels of Simon and Schuster. I, I just listened to one the other day, and I, I was just engrossed in it when, when I was at work. I was sitting there listening to one. Um, but I love it. But I found yeah, a they're, little... Yeah, they're definitely fun. Oh, yeah. Did you know that Boris Karloff made... Uh, he was in some of these Inner Sanctum episodes? Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah, and I've listened so to I... a bunch of them. Yeah, so uh, the, the problem is, is I think the one that Boris Karloff was in... Uh, you can't, you can't find, if you go to Wikipedia and on the right hand side, click on the section that says list of episodes, start scrolling down and you'll see Boris Karloff in several of these. And I can't tell if it's either the ones below his name or the ones above his name. I, I have no idea, but they tell you whether it's lost or if it's still exists, but if, if it's the top and then looking down, he was in one called the bells of death and fog. Uh, there was also another one. It looks like the man of steel or bloody toupee. Um, but if you scroll through here, he's in a ton of these things. And I never even knew that he even did any of these radio shows, but I thought it was neat. So, I, that was something I wanted to bring up about Inner Sanctum. But if you haven't checked it out, definitely just go into your podcast. Heck, you could probably go to YouTube and type Inner Sanctum, and I bet they have some stuff on there yeah, as well. But I, it's easy I think to find. They are. Yeah, we, they, they, they're, they're, they always have like neat little twists, and you're always like wondering, oh, how is this mystery going to be solved, or who's the who done it? You know, they kind of do a lot of those types of things. Neat little dark uh mysteries and then of course one of the things i always loved about it which we try to pay homage to on on our podcast is this the creaking door good evening friends of the inner sanctum 
This is your host inviting you in through the squeaking door. At the beginning of every episode, there's yep. the creaking door. You enter in through that, and then at the end, the creaking door closes, which is, um, you know, that's where we got the idea to put it on ours because we love the inner sanctum. But, yeah, we, we learned about these things from these cassette tapes that we used to get in the 80s called radio reruns. In fact, um, if you recall, at the very beginning of this show, there was a little... Uh, a voice of some guy saying this old time radio program was originally aired live yeah. they always had that at the beginning of every tape you know they would list the number tape and then they would you know talk about the audio quality and but now enjoy you know listening to this one of the old time favorite shows and they had all kinds of things inner sanctum abbott and costello who's on first they had a charlie mccarthy and edgar bergen lone ranger superman yeah the shadow all of that yeah shadow yeah. was always great yeah good stuff yeah, they're great they're great to listen to and the best thing to do is listen to them at night get some tea if it's you know storming out or even if it's just cold out cozy up in your house and uh sit back throw the turn the lights off and just sit there and listen to it and like we're talking about at the beginning of this podcast like the sounds really paint the picture for you in your mind you could see the things just hearing footsteps a, a lever you know being pulled or you know little just little tiny sound design that they were doing that just brought these stories to life but um there were um other tapes that we used to like to listen to, and, and as we got older and stopped trick-or-treating, we would play these tapes at our haunted houses, and we do it didn't do it to the extent that we do it now. We basically just had these tapes or records, and we would just, you know, play the just things. Play the react, just loop. play it. Yeah, we, we'd either Turn loop it over, them or we would just take it out, put a new one. We cassette over and just play yeah, it over and, and over and over. I'm sure everybody got sick of them. After a while, we, we would just keep playing them over and over and over all night. Just blast them out the windows. Um, and we've played um, clips from some of these these tapes and albums, um, like Famous Monsters Speak from Wonderland Records in 1963. Of course, Wade Denning's 1974 Pickwick record, Monster Mash Sounds of Terror. Um, you might hear more from that album later on in this episode. But there are some, uh, definitely a lot more. And uh, before we get into our top three, I wanted to list a few other um, albums and tapes and, and even play some clips. And now, with the following collection of ghoulish sounds, you can make your own sounds of Halloween terrifying and terrible. <laughs> so that yeah. clip was from 1977's Halloween Horrors record. And then there's this. H A double L O W double E N spells Halloween. That's uh, Wade Denning and K Land's Halloween from 1969. You've got uh, Trick or Treat on Halloween from the 1952 Donald Duck cartoon Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat, Trick or Treat, Trick or Treat for Halloween. Better give a treat that's good to eat if you want to keep life serene. And then you have The Shags, It's Halloween from 1969, from uh, their 1969 album Philosophy of the World. And it's Halloween, it's Halloween, it's time for scares, it's time for squeeze. 
And then uh, uh, one of my favorites is um, from the 1949 cartoon from Disney, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. This is uh, Bing Crosby's The Headless Horseman. When the spooks have a midnight jamboree, they break it up with fiendish glee. Ghosts are bad, but the one that's cursed is the headless horseman. He's the worst. And then you've got Lambert, Hendrix, and Ross, uh, who did a song called Halloween Spooks in 1962. Halloween, Halloween, ooh, Halloween. Ghostly things are gonna happen. And now we come to some tapes that uh, you and I got, Tom, when we were kids and we were actually doing more haunted houses. Um, I don't remember what year we got this, but in 1985, uh, a couple tapes came out from the Haunted House Music Company. Um, one of them was called Night in a Graveyard, and they say on the, the, uh, the cardboard that it came on, recorded live on the estate of Count Dracula. And another one was called Haunted House. Um, so let's play the uh, Night in the Graveyard right now. And then from there, there's all kinds of shenanigans and what have you that ensue. So that was Night in the Graveyard, and then Haunted House was, was a cool one, and uh, we'll go ahead and play that one now. And then the, the following year, um, 1986, the, the same company, Haunted House Music Company, they, they used a lot of the same sounds as you probably could kind of tell in the, the Night in the Graveyard and Haunted House. They used a lot of those in uh, The Ride of the Headless Horseman, which told the story on side one and side two had um, isolated sound effects. So we'll go ahead and play a clip from that. This is a story about what happened one deep, dark Halloween night to a man called Ichabod Crane. And, um, okay, we're still moving on. I know this is a bunch of stuff. Um, but I wanted to just play clips of these things for people who had these as kids 
and uh, maybe you're hearing it again for the first time since then. Um, there's also there's some also something cool, I want to throw in in regards to this too. All of the stuff that we are mentioning, um, if you do look on websites, uh, you could go on Amazon. I found a ton of the old records and things that uh, some of the things I'm going to mention, and you could buy it on Amazon for like five bucks. Some of them are even cheaper uh, that people have, or they're just sitting in in probably just old record places. You could probably get them even cheaper than that. At least there's I found... a lot of the stuff. There's a lot of the stuff you could just type it in on YouTube and it comes up. Well, yeah, you can even do that too. I'm just saying, if you want to actually own a copy of a, of some of this yeah. stuff, search for it because I can almost guarantee you you will find it. There's probably a few things that I would say are going to be extremely expensive. Um, but I would say, honestly, I, you could probably find most of this stuff and, and get yourself copies. Yeah, there's one that I really could not find. Um, and that was um, a tape we have called Haunted Horror Terror on Tape from LHL Productions. Oh, it came yeah. out in 1980. I found a version on YouTube, but but it, it has a different opening. Um, so I wanted like, to play just... Favorite, that was our favorite one. I don't know why it, well, was. it was. It was just really was, busy with sounds. It was neat. Yeah, because it never stopped. And that's what I liked. I liked that. I hated when we played sounds out the window and it would just do a sound and then there'd be blank space. A sound and then blank space. Yeah, and the cool yeah. thing about Haunted Horror, yeah, it just kept going. It kept going. It was like... 30 minutes on side A, 30 minutes on side B. And a lot of it felt like it kind of repeated sounds. Um, but, you know, it was it was cool for, at the time, what we thought was was good. I mean, it just had a lot of scary sounds. But I wanted to play a little clip from, from that one. And then probably one of the first tapes that we ever got, um, it came out in 1986 from Topstone Industries, and it was called Horror Sounds of the Night. And there's a, a lot of interesting that one's stuff pretty about popular. this tape. If you look up yeah, Horror well, Sounds, and it's not like, even type, that good. <laughs> it's not. It really isn't that good. It was good for its time, but I mean, honestly, there's so much other better stuff out there. But yeah, I mean it. It was pretty popular though. That 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 was always yeah, so, at the stores. It was always at like Thrifty and and at all the other little Halloween shops that were around. Everybody carried that thing. I I don't know why it was so popular, but it was. Well, I think because maybe it was it was just so readily available, and and a lot of the stuff that came out in the seventies was a little more difficult to find. But so anyway, when I was looking up this horror sounds of the night, I found this blog post. On, um, it was on this blog called Secret Fun Blog by a blogger who goes by the name Kurt D. D as in donut. So in a post that he wrote on October 19th, 2017, it was called, or it was titled uh, Halloween Tape Review Number 19, Horror Sounds of the Night. He wrote, everything is stolen. Well, I can't confirm that it was all illegally used, 
but this is common practice in the Halloween tape biz. And I was thinking about that. If you hear a lot of the same sounds in different tapes and different albums, and you kind of wonder, you know, is this all the same company making this this thing? But in this blog post, which I highly recommend um, you find if you're into this kind of thing, he lists all these different albums that horror sounds of the night basically stole from <laughs> and um and then he talks i guess there was a lawsuit they, they that was actually going on with stole horse. the the sound yeah. effects from other wow i didn't even know that yeah from i think there was there was like four four different albums that they stole from if you find this this blog again it's called secret fun blog and that post is called halloween tape review number 19 horror sounds of the night you'll see all this stuff in there there's a lawsuit that was going on with the guys who created it craziness um with that with that tape uh, and other fun little interesting facts about it but um yeah it's definitely definitely worth uh taking a look at and getting some more history on that That was all the stuff I wanted to bring up before we get to our top three. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about before we go into our top three? Nope. Nope. Let's just jump in. The first one I'm going to bring up is from 1974. It's a a vinyl record um, by Wade Denning, and it's Sounds to Make You Shiver. And if anybody has ever seen the cover of this thing, it's neat. We used to look at it all the time. Um, it's by the Pickwick International Inc- in, uh, Incorporated um, place. You could actually get it on Amazon right now for five dollars and twenty-seven cents. Which, like is I said, is that the record or a CD? No, you can get the record for five dollars and twenty-seven cents. Which is, I actually purchased this because uh, when I got my record player, I think Dad gave me one. I wanted to find this record, and I found it on Amazon. And I bought it. I have no idea how much I spent on mine, but I was looking when I was doing research. And right now, as of this recording, um, $5.27. But on the front, it says, Blood-curdling terror horror in stereo. Sounds to make you shiver. (laughs) It says, listen in terror. It says, listen in terror to Count Dracula. Scream along with his victim. Go mad in the haunted house. Hear Frankenstein break loose. Horrific sounds for Halloween fun. And I mean, there's a a huge um, Frankenstein. There's a castle. There's like this eye coming out of this like jail cell up on the top. Dracula's at the top. It's uh, it's ringing in 12 o'clock at night. There's a ghost coming out the sides. It's really colorful. There's like a witch down at the bottom. There's all these monsters. There's a laboratory in the back. It's so neat. I I just remember we used to put this thing on, sit down in our living room uh, on this shag carpet, and we would just sit there and look at this in front of this cover. And uh, I mean, that was kind of... A lot of the cool things about these old albums were they always did have the really great artwork where you could listen to the sounds and just look at the picture and imagine like these these horror scenes going on. Um, you know, so the artwork always played into the coolness. The funny thing about that album and and stealing sounds, a lot of those sounds are from that horror sounds of the night, 
including <laughs> there's oh, there's geez. a there's the sounds of like this this guy and a female victim that it, 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 people definitely a talk about victim. this. Uh, in all but of it these, sound, there's it's, some screaming. That's probably what I should have said when you were asking me about that. I, I forgot all about that, which I don't know why I did. But yeah, you got the cats, the dogs, and then you always have a screaming victim. So, <laughs> but this one, this one is really. It was in Horror Sounds of the Night, and they played it again in this album, and it really sounds bad. It sounds like there's something x-rated going on and there was talk in that blog i was telling you about there's talk about that that scene in there i mean you have to wonder like what the heck were they thinking when they i don't know what the heck they 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 probably thought it sounded really great but yeah there are some some they had to know what the heck are you guys doing back there And it just keeps going. It just keeps going. Just when you think it's over, then it goes. It keeps going on and on. And the screaming, the guy, and then he's like moaning, and then the girl just screaming more. And you're just like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I had to know. Uh, but it's still a fun pick. You know, I like the the narration at the beginning. You know, uh, that when yeah, when, when he says, so you want house. to visit a haunted house. <laughs> So, you want to visit a haunted house, hmm? I think I have one that should suit you. That is, if you dare follow me. You will? Fine. Shall we go, then? Ah, here we are at the door. Happy haunting. (laughs) Yeah, I... I love uh, this record's great. So if you haven't heard it, uh, you know five dollars you can you can get it. It's great. Nice. So my number three is actually the Haunted Mansion ride track. Um, it, the whole thing, the whole ride. Some years back, uh, Disneyland came out with a record, or not a record. Sorry, it came out with I forget how many CDs it was, but a bunch of sound effects from Disneyland Park. And one of them was the entire ride track of the Haunted Mansion. Yep. And um, it's it's just, there's not much to say about it other than it's awesome. And, you know, especially if you love the ride and then you finally can own that whole soundtrack. Um, and one Halloween, I actually took the soundtrack and I cut it up. I took out the stuff about, like, keep your hands and arms inside the ride vehicle. You know, don't pull down on the the safety bar I'll lower it for you kind of thing I cut it out so it would work as a Halloween track um, to play in front of my house as as kids walked up the walkway to the front door Um, and I wanted to play that um, that track so here it is
hinges creak in doorless chambers, and strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls. Whenever candlelights flicker, where the air is deathly still, that is the time when ghosts are present, practicing their terror with ghoulish delight. ghosts who have retired here from creepy old crypts all over the world. Actually, we have 999 happy haunts here, but there's room for a thousand. Any volunteers? <laughs> if you insist on lagging behind, you may not need to volunteer. message from somewhere beyond. Goblins and ghoulies from last Halloween, awaken the spirits with your tambourine. Creepies and crawlies, toads in a pond, let there be music from regions beyond. Wizards and witches, wherever you dwell, give us a hint by ringing a bell. The happy haunts have received your sympathetic vibrations and are beginning to materialize. They're assembling for a swinging wake, and they'll be expecting me. I'll see you all a little later.
sure to bring your death certificate if you decide to join us. Make final arrangements now. We've been dying to have you. <laughs> anyway, that's my uh, that my number three. I well, think just that, just that to just to kind of go uh, just to kind of go on top of that. I, I I remember that year I made singing pumpkins where I had my Arduino controller with my relay board and I was timing it to uh, music. What part of what you just brought up of the haunted mansion I put in at the very beginning with the main, the bigger pumpkin that was sitting on top of these hay bales. He was like the main um, talker of, of all of it. And I had his voice um, of part of the ride on on my singing pumpkin. So I just wanted to bring that up too. Oh, nice. Cool. All right, and how about your number two? I, I didn't do the number one, two, or three. I know that's kind of what you're doing. I just listed three off. That They're, they're in no order, really. So... Uh, just to make that clear. Well, that's um, not fun. Well, not it's fun, Tom. it's it's fun. Trust me, <laughs> it's fun when you listen to these. You'll get excited when you're actually listening to them. So you could go in the it's order. Not fun. I'm not going in the Tom. order. Tom, it's not fun. It's fun. <laughs> Don't worry about it. This next one I... is called "Chilling, Thrilling Sounds of the Haunted House." It's from 1964. That's your number two. It's not number two. <laughs> it's it's the orange cover one. Don't mistake it for the other one, which I'm sure you're going to mention. Uh, don't mistake it for that one. This one is different for sure. Um, That's the original one. Yeah. yeah. 1964. And I, you know, we love this one just because, I mean, it had the haunted house. It always had that orange light on the top. They're always like, God, I wonder who's up there. I wonder if it's cozy in there. A couple of things on on side one, which once again you could get this record on Amazon for pretty cheap as well. Um, but they got well, you can also get it on Spotify or Apple Apple oh, can Music. You? They actually they remastered it and it sounds really good. Oh, sweet. Um, yeah, I this this record's great. Uh, it's got the haunted house side one, and it it has the haunted house. A very long fuse, the dogs, timber, uh, your pet cat, shipwreck, an unsafe bridge, Chinese water torture, the birds, and the Martian monsters. And then on by the side, way, that Chinese water torture one, it, 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 there's like these audio vignettes, and there's a hostess who kind of introduces it. But oh yeah, there's definitely some stuff that's not very PC. <laughs> yeah. On so, let me, I'll just say so on side two. Uh, screams and groans, thunder, lightning and rain, cat fight, dogs, collection of creaks, fuses and explosions, a collection of crashes, birds, drips and splashes, and then things in space. It's kind of funny because on both sides of these, they kind of followed almost the same thing that they had on the first side, and they had the well, space the first thing side... at the end. It's kind of funny. The first, the first side is is the vignettes, and it it's introduced. I forget the lady's name um, that introduces them in a creepy kind of voice, and they're more like sound vignettes. And the second side is kind of just the isolated sound effects, so they're oh, not okay. mixed together at all. It's just a cat. I never and, really even looked that. at it like that. I just listened to it, and 
I don't know. I lo- I love that record. So if you haven't heard it, at least it's now a you classic. can go. You can go on, uh, like you said, um, iTunes or would you say it was on Spotify and all that? Yeah, on they have Spotify, Apple Music. You could buy it on iTunes. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. Go check it out. It's definitely worth it. You are a bold and courageous person, afraid of nothing. High on a hilltop near your home, there stands a dilapidated old mansion. Some say the place is haunted, but you don't believe in such myths. One dark and stormy night, a light appears in the topmost window in the tower of the old house. You decide to investigate, and you never return. was your number two my number two that was definitely not is, my number two but this so, is this is just, so my, just this is just your second one yeah so um for my number two i had to pick john carpenter's original halloween score um from 1978 um it's just classic it, it, even uh the, it's uh halloween two also had her it's almost the same score but it's a little more synthesized Um, these are two albums that i used to play out out my window all the time for halloween Two thousand eighteen version, which John Carpenter scored, um, is really cool too. It has a, a really cool guitar sound to it. Um, so it's definitely worth looking up. But just a little trivia: um, the original score for the original film, John Carpenter completed by himself in three days which is crazy to me yeah that is crazy score that still endures all these years later it's crazy um in this documentary that i saw about halloween um john carpenter was talking about how he took the theme from a simple drumming exercise on bongos that his dad had taught him when he was a kid that so i guess that was like a bongo exercise and that's where that came from um anyway it's classic i didn't even know that all right so so just my last one i always play this every year and i'll give you a little story after i tell you the name of this it's called uh sounds of halloween it was released by hallmark in 1986 on the front it's got a little dracula guy you could get this on apple music as well you could probably look this one up find it get it is it Uh, on apple music yeah, because I think that's where I have it. Uh, I think I have oh, wow. it on there uh, from that. But I will I will tell you right now, here's a little story. Last year, we went to the pumpkin patch, and we had a whole bunch of people in the car. And I threw this on, and I made everyone listen to it while we were driving to the pumpkin patch. And I was blaring it out the, the window as I was pulling up and picking people up. 
And of course, everybody already knows that this is just what I do around Halloween because it pumps people up. But this thing has little fun stuff to it. Like it, there's a little part in there uh, that says, give me your treats. Uh, let, let's actually play that part. Give me your treats. Or else. Don't ring that bell. Don't ring that bell. Don't ring that bell. Ring that bell. You don't know what's going to answer. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, I yeah, this I love this one that. this one is is just fun. Um, I yeah, I don't they know. Do if, the, we why don't you come in for a bite or we you know we'd love to have you for dinner yeah you know? why yeah. don't you wear a mask oh i'm sorry i, I guess, guess you, you did. did i got the whole thing memorized and it's funny because as it's oh playing, yeah it's great I'll, I'll yeah i'll say it and everyone's like you're you're a real dork and i'm just you know i don't even care because you know what they should have it memorized by now with the amount of times that i play it so it's definitely a fun one check it out uh, Sounds of Halloween by Hallmark, uh, released in uh, 1986. So check it out. Cool. And uh, okay, so my number one um, is actually the first album that I ever got. Uh, first Halloween Sounds album I ever got that was mine. Uh, Mom found it at like J.C. Penny or something, and. The artwork on it was enough to say, oh, I have to have this thing. It's so great. Um, from Walt Disney Studios in 1979, it's Chilling, Thrilling Sounds of the Haunted House. And this is the, the second album. The, you know, this, I don't know if I'd call it a sequel album, but they, they did two Chilling, Thrilling Sounds of the Haunted House. The one you were talking about and this one, which I think is much better. Um, and yeah. I used to listen to this thing constantly and I still have the album that we got and we probably got it in the early eighties. We didn't so, get it when it came out in 79. Yep. And just, just but, for people, uh, again, once again, I, you have the original one that, that you got, uh, I went and got it off of Amazon and I got, it, I think it was like five bucks. So you can still get this, this album. It, it's totally worth it just for the artwork. And I actually... Um, cut oh yeah the, definitely the record album i cut the cover so that i could open it up because the back rolls into the front um and it's a great piece of of work you know with bats and owls it's really creepy um cats and you know uh, there's a light on in the haunted house with the guy up there screaming i want to read the back of this album just because i remember you know listening to this thing and reading this all the time you know just just uh 
obsessing over this thing, but it says, turn your home into a haunted house with these spine-chilling, heart-pounding, hair-raising sound effects. They're perfect for spicing up parties, welcoming trick-or-treaters, or listening alone in the dark. Um, and I want to play the first part um, of the album, which starts out in the graveyard, front of the house kind of thing. It's called Night Creatures. Um, and it leads up to the haunted house where you go inside. Each of these vignettes, um, it kind of just blends right into it. Like you're taking a tour through the graveyard, into the house, down into the dungeons, then out back where the witches are are uh, uh, cooking up something in their cauldron. But this first part that I want to play is is called Night Creatures, and it leads into the haunted house. <laughs> That uh, that it was my number one. Um, there is one other thing I wanted to mention. Oh, go ahead. Was there something else you? Oh, uh, there's say? one more thing I wanted to mention. I mean, this this episode's already kind of going on really long, um, but there's one more thing I wanted to mention. You have no idea I'm even going to say this, but check out the Silly Symphony Skeleton Dance by Walt Disney. Oh uh, yeah, released Heck on yeah. August 29th, 1929. You know that the estimated budget for that thing was five thousand three hundred and eighty-six U.S. dollars. The music was by Carl W. Stalling and Edvard Gregg. This yeah, thing Carl is, Stalling, is, by the way, is the guy who did the music for the Looney Tunes. I didn't even know that till oh, recently. I didn't. I didn't even know that either. But I will say this. Yeah, that's crazy. Skeleton Dance is a classic. I watch it every year. Um, I'm making my grandson watch it all the time it's fun it's it's totally great for the kids the artwork in there is fantastic the songs are neat it's got like that yeah, neat the little song spooky... will be stuck in your head oh it definitely It'll be stuck in your head for hours <laughs> And I, I had one other thing I wanted to bring up. In doing research for this episode, I found something um, that I had been looking for for years. And I never could find because I didn't know the exact name of it. I, I thought that I probably found it in like 1980. Because I remember I heard it when we were in our Canoga Park house. And most people say, oh, you don't remember anything um, you know, before four years old. So I thought, oh, it must have been like 1980, right before we left the Canoga Park House. Well, in doing research for this podcast, I found it. 
It was this little flimsy plastic Halloween record that Kraft Foods included in, it was in their mac and cheese or something, but I remember being in the Canoga Park House and mom taking out some food and then in the packaging was this little plastic flimsy record. And she's like, here, here's a record. And it came out around Halloween time and I remember listening to this thing and it scared the heck out of me. But I kept playing the thing. I listened to it probably like 20 or 200 times. And I remember being pissed. <laughs> 20 because or after, 200 times? <laughs> <laughs> after like only a few hours, I couldn't listen to it anymore because it was such a cheap record. It actually wore out. So that's how I knew it. it, it uh, well, yeah, we didn't if it was have in a any, macaroni any and past. cheese box. <laughs> yeah, it was just like a little piece of plastic, like thin, thin that you could bend. I, I don't even well, know what which one so, you're talking about. So here it is. So I found this dang thing, and as soon as I heard it, I was like, that's it. So it turns out it's from 1978. So I was two years old, and I remember that thing distinctly. I remember there was a part right, well, where what's it you're, called? In, you're inside you're inside this room, you open a door, and all these monsters were there, and that scared the heck out of me. So this thing is called a spooky sounding Halloween story. Grandpa, would you tell me a Halloween story, please? Well, okay, but before I start, Melissa, you'll have to listen very carefully. Promise? Promise. Well, it was a dark and stormy Halloween evening. The wind was howling, the owls were hooting, and my pals Billy, Dennis, and Scott and I were all dressed up in our scariest Halloween costumes. Suddenly, we heard strange sounds coming from the vacant house across the street. We wanted to find out what was inside, so we waited until the light turned green, crossed the street, and ran towards the house. Carefully, we walked up the stairs onto the creaky porch. We pushed the door open and walked into the pitch-black house. I had forgotten the flashlight that my mother always told me to take along on Halloween, so we couldn't see a thing except for our brightly colored costumes that glowed in the dark. All of a sudden, I felt a cold hand on my shoulder. I turned around, and a vampire with fangs for teeth and bloodshot eyes was standing right in front of me. Good evening, my little ghosts and goblins, and welcome to the haunted Halloween house. We've been expecting you. <laughs> my pals ran to the door, but it slammed shut. I could hear our hearts pounding louder and louder. Leaving so soon? Why, you've just arrived. Don't be frightened. There's really nothing to be afraid of. Except... <laughs> Billy turned to me and whispered, I'll never go into a stranger's house again. Never! What's that sound, I asked? Oh, you want to discover the secret of Halloween, do you? All right, then. It's just behind that door. Open it. If you dare. <laughs> Holding my breath, I walked towards the door. As I reached for the door handle, the door opened. A bright light was coming from inside an old dusty trunk. As I got closer, the sounds got louder. I opened the trunk. Witches, skeletons, bats came flying at us. And then what happened, Grandpa? I woke up. 
It was just a dream. <laughs> but you see, Melissa, Halloween can be lots of fun, but the trick to having a great Halloween is to follow a few simple safety rules. Now tell me, what have you learned from the story? I'll never go into a stranger's house. I'll always take a flashlight when I go trick-or-treating. I won't go out alone. I'll always wear a bright reflective costume so people can see me in the dark. Uh, anything else, Melissa? Um, I'll always wait until the light turns green. And I'll look both ways before crossing. Remember, wait till you get home to try Halloween treats and eat craft-wrapped candies. <laughs> Who was that, Grandpa? I'm really not sure. Anyway, so that was the clip. That was I guarantee you don't remember it because, because I don't remember were, it at all. You were you were 0 years old and you oh, well, probably didn't even hear it. <laughs> and then it didn't last more than you know like a day or two. I listened to it so many times it just wore out and then we just threw it out and I never saw the thing again, but uh, there it was. Someone had the dang thing and now I have it again. No, well, you got to love so that. So anyway, that's it. So Was anyways, there anything let's, else that you wanted to bring no, let's, up in this let's epic wrap this episode? Up. Nope, let's wrap it up because uh, this is already a really long episode. So, All right, yeah, so um, as normal, and especially it's par for the course uh, for this episode, but uh, we like to uh, to close out our episodes with, uh, with a clip from one of our favorite records, and we're going to go back to one that we've we've talked about a couple times on this show and that's uh wade denning's 1974 monster mash sounds of terror and uh this vignette fitting with uh, our subject matter phantom of the opera so with that have a good evening the opera has always given beauty and joy to the world but once a famous opera singer became deformed and horribly scarred after he was burned in a fire on stage he fled the civilized society of the music he loved and hid in the remote darkness of the Paris Opera House. This misshapen being became known as the Phantom of the Opera. I'll always have your beauty for my own! <laughs>